Hey guys, welcome to the Frontline Community Church Podcast. My name is David Dorner, and I am the teaching pastor here at Frontline in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it is so good to be with you. Our mission in this world is to see zero people unchanged by Jesus. So whether you've been following Jesus for a lifetime or if your journey's just begun, we hope that this message will speak powerfully to your heart, that it will reveal something that God desires to cultivate in your life, and that you'll be drawn to the person of Jesus as a result. We hope these next few moments encourage you, challenge you, and inspire you to be who God has created you to be. We hope you enjoy it. Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to see you. If you're watching online, it's great to have you with us as well on this Labor Day weekend. And I, I want to introduce our speaker uh, for this morning to you. Uh, Pastor Mariah Mahaffey has, um, is going to be sharing with us here in a moment. And so Mariah joined our staff in April, I think we... We kind of figured out, yeah, that was when it was, and um, she came on as our student ministry pastor here at Frontline, and so just in the short amount of time she's been here, uh, even over the summer, she's been connecting with our students, connecting with kids in the community, and um, sixth through 12th graders, and just doing a, an incredible job, and so um, I'm really personally just excited for this fall season and the kickoff of our student ministry program. Uh, can I just tell you, like, one major prayer request for me is just that God would reinvigorate the hearts of our students um, right now. Over the last 18 months, that's been a, uh, an area of the church, and I just think an area of our world that has just uh, struggled, and we've just want, we've, I long to just see students on fire for Jesus in our church. I hope you do, too. And so, uh, so we're really praying for that, and so I'm excited uh, for Mariah to share a little bit with you this morning. And uh, Mariah was ordained in the Wesleyan Church, which we are a part of just recently, and so she's also been able to speak in some of our other Zero Collective churches. And so will you welcome Mariah as she speaks to us this morning? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Brian. It's such an honor to speak here and to speak with you. Um, how are we doing this morning? I know it's Labor Day, but can I get an amen or something? I think we got we to gotta be awake this morning. I know it's the holiday weekend, and I hope y'all enjoy it so much. But my husband, Cody, and I have just so enjoyed getting to know you guys. And hey, if I have not met you yet, I and if I don't get to meet you first, come up to me in the lobby and introduce yourself. I would love to meet you and grab a cup of coffee, have you over for dinner, play some euchre. Do we like euchre here? Yeah. Amen for that. Wow. We were in the South for too long, and they don't know about euchre, and I was just, it just hurt my heart a little bit. It just, it just really did, let me tell you. But um, my husband and I, we love, we love coffee. We love having people over, and we love coffee. And it gets to be sometimes where I think like when I get kind of busier and when I kind of get maybe a little stressed and then busier season, I drink a lot of coffee, and I drink a lot of caffeine. Like I can have two cups of coffee a day, a Diet Coke, and a couple iced teas. Like it's nothing. And like, of course, with water and stuff like that. But I, I think... Two, when I get a little more busy, I start to forget little things. I don't know if y'all have ever done that. When you kind of start to get busy, maybe a little bit of stress, you kind of forget like the basic things. Like you make an appointment, but you forget to write it down. Or you make the appointment, but write down the, right the wrong time, and you kind of miss the appointment. Or you kind of are trying to do one last thing before you get out the door, and then you end up being late. I mean... I'm not speaking from experience or anything. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Y'all, one time I was in, when we were living back in Atlanta, I was kind of just in a busy season, and I was 
rush into a meeting, and I was in downtown Lawrenceville, which is not too far from Atlanta, and I just parked the car, and I just ran to my meeting, so I was on time. And then I come back two hours later, and I see the car, and the weird thing was is that the windows were icy, and it looked like it was still running. Y'all, I left my car on for two hours because I was so in a hurry, and I forgot something that was so stupid and so little. And I think that we do that in our life, right? Like, we get kind of busy, we get stuff going on, and we forget little things. But I think that when we get busy and when we get a little stressed too, sometimes we forget the big things in our life. And we're going to be in Psalm 78 today. And in that Psalm, I think the Lord is inviting us to stop, pause what we're doing, and to remember him and his faithfulness, which is a really big thing. So y'all can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Psalm 78 if you've got your Bible with you. It's going to be on the screen here in just a second, but let me just kind of catch you up on what's going on in Psalm 78 before we dive into that. So in Psalm 78, the psalmist is talking about the people of Israel in the Old Testament. All right, and the people of Israel, they used to be one nation. But then there's this event that happened, and they split into two nations, into the northern kingdom and to the southern kingdom. And what went down was just like this really like small thing, but then it just blew up, and it was this whole thing. So what happened was is that there was a king named Rehoboam. Now, Rehoboam is kind of a mouthful, so I'm just going to call him King Ray because I feel like that's easier. And then there was another guy named Jeroboam, and I'm going to call him JB because I think that's easier as well. So um, we got King Ray, and he is the son of Solomon, who is the wisest man on earth. And then his, that was the, um, his grandfather would have been David. And so Ray, the people, when he started to rule, the people come to him, and they're like, King Ray, we've got a situation. So you need to lower the taxes and you need to lift the labor off the people because they're just burnt out, and we need you to do that for us. And he said, okay, let me think about it. And so he goes to these wise advisors that were his father's advisors, and he asks them for their advice. They're like, you know, he's like, what, what should I do? And the wise advisors say, you need to do what the people ask, because if you do, then they will be loyal to you, and you'll keep the peace. And so he said, okay, let me think about it. And then he goes to his buddies. He goes to the guys that he grew up with, his bros. And he's like, bros, what should I do? And they're like, listen to this. This is what you should do. You, they, the people think that your father is bad. Oh, they ain't seen nothing yet. They ain't seen nothing yet. You should be twice as bad as he was. So if your father whipped him with regular whips, you're going to whip him with scorpions. And I'm like, scorpions? What in the world? But you need to be, you need to double down and be twice as bad, and you need to show him who's boss. And so that's what he does. He's all arrogant, and then he, that's what he does. And he goes to the people, and he's like, listen to this. You think my dad was bad? Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm going to be twice as bad as he was. And so the people of Israel, they're like, okay. And so they said, we're out. Bye. Peace. And 10 tribes with the leader of Jeroboam, JB, they split off and revolted from the nation of Israel. And so it became the northern kingdom, and then the two remaining tribes were in the southern kingdom called Judah. 
And then the problem with JB in the northern kingdom was that he set up two places for worship because he wanted to make sure that those people didn't go down to the southern kingdom in Jerusalem and worship God. He wanted to make absolute sure of that. So he set up two places to worship, but he created false gods and was like, y'all, these are actually the gods that took you out of Egypt and freed you from the, from the hand of Pharaoh. It wasn't the Lord Yahweh. It wasn't the Lord your God. So you need to worship these false gods instead. And so when we're in Psalm 78, literally the psalmist is like, what is going on? What is going on? Have you forgotten the Lord your God was the one that freed you from the hand of Pharaoh, that freed you from 400 years of slavery, that parted the Red Sea, and that led you with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud of pillar of a cloud by day that literally brought water from rocks when you were thirsty in the desert? Or did you forget all that? Did you forget what God has done for you? You see, the psalmist here is calling the people to come near to God, to remember his faithfulness, to take a moment and remember his faithfulness. Why don't you go ahead and look at Psalm 78. I've got um, the message paraphrase here because I'm a student pastor and I feel like a paraphrase is really good. So here we go on Psalm 78, 1 through 8. This is what it says. Listen, dear friends, to God's truth. Bend your ears to what I tell you. I'm chewing on the morsel of a proverb. I'll let you in on the sweet old truths. Stories we've heard from our fathers Counsel we learned at our mother's knee. We're not keeping this to ourselves. We're passing it along to the next generation. God's fame and fortune, the marvelous things he has done. He has planted a witness in Jacob, set his word firmly in Israel, then commanded our parents to teach it to their children so the next generation would know and all generations to come. Know the truth and tell the stories so their children can trust in God. Never forget the works of God, but keep his commands to the letter. Heaven forbid they should be like their parents, bullheaded and bad, a fickle and faithless bunch who never stayed true to God. Did you catch that? The psalmist, he wants us to remember the faithfulness of God. But then take it one step further. He wants us to pass it on to the next generation. You see, he's confronting the rebellion of the northern kingdom head on. He's like, what are you guys doing? Because see, what they were doing is they were not remembering what God had done because they were so stuck in what they wanted for themselves. And they just only cared about them and they were forgetting what God had done. And they weren't passing it on to the next generation. And what he's doing is he's inviting them to surrender all that. To give all that up. And to pass it on to people that are younger than they are. And you're like, Raya, thank you so much for the history lesson. I get all that. But what in the world does that have to do with us? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked. Do you ever feel like there is tension between generations today? 
Do you ever feel like that? I mean, I don't know. I, it's so surprising to me that we call each other by the title of our generations now. Like people are like, okay, boomer, or I don't know. They, Gen Xers, they really, they just catch a break. But millennials and Gen Z, they sure don't. We know about them and they're like, oh, you're such a millennial or like you're such a Gen Z person. I don't know. And we, there's a lot of tension between generations these days. And why do you think that is? I mean, kind of thinking on this and thinking about what makes this happen. Why is there such a tension more than ever before? And I think the issue is, is that each generation gets really inward focused. And we start to think that our generation is the best generation. And we make things kind of all about us in our age group. We ask questions like, why don't people value me? Why don't people follow me? Why don't people listen to my advice? Why do people always try to tell me what to do? We have every group of people Gets a t- has a tendency to get stuck in their own generation. And that's exactly what was happening in the northern kingdom. And that can be an issue with us if we're not careful. But, but, it's okay. It doesn't have to be that way. But what it's going to take is surrender. And what that looks like is putting ourselves second and putting other people above us and before us. Because that's what Jesus is all about. That's exactly what he modeled for us. And surrender is hard. It's not like it's easy. But you will experience more joy and peace than you've ever known. Because when we surrender, it frees us up so we can remember. And when we remember the goodness of God, We pass on a legacy of hope to the next generation. There's something really big that happens there. I'm going to talk to my younger people in the room, my Gen Z people. Are you here? Can I get a sheesh or anything like that? No? We're working on it. We're working on talk back. And now, Jen, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. We're working on call and response. You're like, Mariah, I'm not that old. I have nothing to pass on. Like, I have a couple stories of God's faithfulness, but not really. And like, who would want me to be their mentor? Like, I'm not that old. What, what do I have to give? Well, I just want to warn us that we, as, a young, as younger generations, can get stuck in our generation just as much as anybody else. Just as much as anybody else. And... For the younger generation, surrender looks like changing your legacy while you're young. It looks like changing your legacy while you're young. You see, you can lead and you can pass on the goodness of God while you're still really young. Because there's always going to be somebody that's younger than you. There's always going to be somebody that's younger. You don't have to wait to invest. You can start right now. Something that... um, I was really impressed by this past summer is that we have some, here at Frontline, we host a Spring Hill camp. And that's a K through fifth kind of camp. It's so awesome. And 
some of my eighth graders and ninth graders, they volunteered for that. They were counselors in training. It was so awesome. And really what they did is that they helped in any way that the people, the staff needed help, and they helped lead the younger kids in their groups. And y'all, that was huge because those younger kids just think that those, the older kids, the eighth and ninth graders, are, they are just the moon to their stars. They just think that they are awesome. And I think doing something like that, that is a huge way to surrender and to give to the next generation. I have a lot of high schoolers that they serve in the block in our children's ministry. And that's an amazing way to be, to work in the nursery or with the little kids or whatever that might be. That's an amazing way to surrender and to give back. And you're like, Mariah, that's no big deal. It's just volunteering. I'm trying to get my hours in. It's all good. I'd have to disagree. I think there's more to that. But I would challenge you to take all that and take it a step further. I would challenge you to take your story with you. Take your story with you. You guys, the Lord is moving in your life. And whether you have like a lesson that you learned in life and just like a wisdom piece, or you share how you met Jesus for the first time and how he's changed your life, or when you prayed for a test, God was with you, gave you peace, and you got a good grade on it. Take your story with you when you volunteer and when you do those things, or even when you're with your younger brother and sister. You can share those things just on a daily basis. And that makes a huge impact, more than you realize. What I want to warn you against and what kind of being to ourselves in our generations looks like is staying on our screen and just kind of being obsessed with how many followers we have and trying to be an influencer that way. Let me tell you something. You will have the most influence, the most impactful influence when you step outside of yourself and when you invest in someone other than you. Take your story with you. It matters and it's more powerful than you ever will know. Take your story with you. Now I want to talk to the older generations in the room, the parents, the grandparents, the great-grandparents. I love you guys. I'm so grateful for your wisdom and the lessons and stories that you share, even if it's just stories of just little things that you've learned along the way or stories about how God has been faithful time and time again in your life. And you know that and you share that. I'm so grateful. The thing that I want to speak to you about is that sometimes I think the older generations get trapped in, in a lie and lies from the enemy. And these lies, I think that sometimes are believed is that I have nothing to say. I've got nothing to share. Why would younger generations live to me, listen to me? Or why, what have they ever done for me? Why would I want to share with them? And I think sometimes when we turn to self-protection and we listen and lean into those lies, we miss out on something, some of the beautiful things that God wants to do and what God wants to use us for. But when we choose to surrender, we step into the fullness that God has created for. And then he can really start to use us. 
When we teach the next generation, there actually, there's something that happens inside of us. And the first thing is that it helps us remember the faithfulness of God and just kind of the building blocks of faith that we seem to forget sometimes. Like, oh yeah, Jesus died on the cross, like whatever. Just little things that we forget, but when we tell it to the next generation, we're like, oh, that's actually a huge deal and that's a powerful thing. Even though I've known that for years, it's still fresh and means a lot when we pass that on to the next generation. The second is that it closes divides and the differences that we think are so big between generations. And when we start to invest in the next generation, we start to see those gaps and close, and we realize that we are more alike than we are unalike. And the differences don't seem so big anymore. Solomon even talks about this in Ecclesiastes. He's like, there's nothing new under the sun. See, the things that we face or the things that we have faced, they're really similar throughout the years. They're the same base problems, but they're just packaged a little differently. They're just packaged a little differently. So your wisdom and your stories that you have, they matter. They matter. And when you invest in it, in the next generation, it's more powerful than you will ever realize as well. And you're like, Mariah, I get all that. I get all that, and um, I think you're doing a great thing now, Jen, but I do not want to work with teenagers. They are stinky, and they're kind of squirmy, and I'm not here for it, and I understand. I get it. Side note, if you would like to volunteer with now, Jen, I'm always here for that. We can talk after service. We'll talk. We'll talk. Um, you don't have to volunteer with teenagers to invest in the next generation. This can look a lot of different ways. This might look like Maybe you're a mom, but you're a mom to older kids and you're an empty nester. And so you choose to mentor a mom that's in the thick of it, that has a bunch of kids. And you are just that person to her to support her and be like, you got this mama. I've been here before, I've gotten through it, and so can you. Or maybe you're a dad and you're like, Mariah, I already invested in my kids. I love that. You can even take it a step further, and when their little friends come over, you can invest in their lives too. Or maybe you love the little kids, and so you want to invest in the block in our children's ministry. That is amazing. We'd love that. There's so many ways for you to invest, even if you're on the greeter team, and you just want to invest in somebody that's younger on that team. That's totally investing in the next generation. Really what it's about is finding where God has called you in his kingdom and just invest in somebody younger while you do that. That's what it does. That's what it's all about. So I want to share a story with you as we're kind of wrapping up our time here. I want to share a story with you because this really hits home with me. Because when I was um, just like a sophomore in high school, I had um, a youth pastor, and his name was Pastor Nate, and his wife named Melissa. And they chose to invest in me when I was just a teenager, when I was annoying and stayed way too late at their house all the time. And they invested in me. They were with me when I took my next step towards Jesus and fully surrendered my life to them. 
they were with me when I accepted my call to ministry and have been encouraging in me and been with me through that whole process. Pastor Nate married Cody and I and was with us when we were figuring out our engagement and all that stuff. And then I still received texts from Melissa like two weeks ago. And she says, hey girl, praying for you, love you, you got this. They have made a lasting impact in my life by just surrendering, remembering how God has been good to them. I've heard so many stories about the Lord's faithfulness in their lives and then passing it on to the next generation. I've seen this even in my own family, my grandparents. Most of my grandparents are still alive. I've got all of my sets of grandparents. And they have invested in me by listening to me and believing in me, showing up to my events and just supporting me. I'm just so, so very grateful for the support and for the mentorship that people have poured into my life over the years. And I can honestly stand before you today and say that I do not think I would be here if I didn't have somebody from an older generation investing in me. I know I wouldn't have. That support and the love and the encouragement is what I needed to be here. And I know that you can do that as well. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, wherever God's called you, you can invest in the next generation. Remember his goodness and then pass it on. Pass it on. So as we close today, we're gonna sing just one last song. And while we do that, I, I just wanna invite you to just pause a second and just remember how God has been faithful to you in your life. It might just be a small thing or a couple of small things. That's okay. Sometimes I think that those are the most impactful things. I want you to remember the faithfulness of God. And then I want you to look to your, to your right, to your left, maybe in front of you, maybe if you wanna peek behind you, and see the different generations that are around you. And if you are older, Maybe you want to pray for the younger generations, that God would lead them, that he would guide them, that he would draw them to themselves, himself, and that he would use you in whatever he sees fit to invest in the next generation. And if you're younger here in the room, I want you to look around at people that are older and wiser than you, and I want you to pray for them too. Pray that the Lord would continue to lead them and pray that your heart would be open for them to lead and guide you. And also ask the Lord how you can invest in the next generation. I wanna leave this open and I don't know what reflecting will look like for you. I wanna leave it open. You can stand with us as we sing. You can stay seated. You can kneel if you want to. But I just want you to take this time to reflect on God's goodness, reflect on his faithfulness, and ask him how you can pass it on to the next generation. Would you join us?